and he sent a message, and uh, Cindy Grove said, you haven't responded to it yet. So I looked at my phone, and sure enough, um, I guess Friday, he took his wife, Julie, to the hospital because she was extremely sick. I think he said he got some fluids in her, and they just attributed it to pregnancy sickness. Well, then the next day, Marley got sick, and he said he had a dad-daughter date with Marley on Saturday, so he thought maybe he'd better stay home since she was really sick. So that's their situation this morning. And my wife said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I had about 15 minutes to think about it. Um, I have been preparing for our adult Sunday school class, and pastor asked me to uh, do a study on the attributes of God. I very quickly came to the conclusion I'm no more worthy to teach that class than anybody else. Also came to the realization very quickly that, you know, we look at our national budget, and part of it is for military spending, part is for Medicare, and so on and so forth. But you can't do that with God. God is in part holy, in part merciful, in part grace, in part justice. His holiness is what he is. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of justice. He's a God of, of judgment. He's a God of wrath. That's what God is. So he's not part this and part that. He's all of that. So what I thought this morning was I came, the thought came to my mind about God's grace. I've said this before, maybe not in service, but in the Sunday school class. Lewis Sperry Schaefer spent 25 years teaching at Dallas Theological Seminary, teaching about the grace of God. By the end of his career, when he retired, he was in a wheelchair. The last day he taught that class, he went to the, in his wheelchair, he wheeled himself to the door, turned off the light, and said to his students, he said, I've been teaching about the grace of God for the past 25 years, and I have only begun to scratch the surface. So if we deal with the grace of God this morning, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, we won't barely scratch the surface. God's grace is immeasurable. It's matchless. It's unlimited. This week I watched a special on the Nuremberg trial of Germany. Most of them defiantly de denied that they did any wrong. And the thought that came to my mind was this. I thought, you know, if they would have repented, God would have saved them. That's how limitless God's grace is. I was reading a book by Orman Luther. He talked about a father whose daughter was murdered. And Norman Luther said, if my, father, if my daughter was murdered, I'd want that person to burn in hell. He said, God doesn't think like that. God is a God of mercy. It is true, I think, that we would refer to, the, to Christianity as a, gospel, as a religion of grace. A religion of grace. And the word charis, the Greek word charis, simply means to receive something unmerited. 
But it's also true of Christianity that we have taken that word charis and we have given it even greater meaning than what the Greco-Romans had for that word. My question this morning is, do we really believe in God's grace? Some have been overwhelmed by it, such as Lewis Perry Schaefer. The man who wrote Amazing Grace was overwhelmed by it. We sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. I mean, you check some of the Christian songs today, and they've removed words like worm, wretch, and unworthy, things like that. You can't take the word wretch out of amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do we really think we are wretches before God? Or do we think there's something good in us? I, I was watching a program that day, and, the, and at the end, the man said, it just goes to show that in even the worst of persons, there's some good. That's not true, people. <laughs> That's not true. Not in the eyes of God. None of us are good. God didn't save us because there was something he saw in us that deserved us to be saved. There's nothing in us that merits God's grace. The grace of God has, was freely shown to those of us who were totally unworthy. Not only were we unworthy of God's grace, we were deserving of judgment. Grace is God showing kindness or goodness to people who don't deserve it. In fact, not only did not deserve it, they are deserving of judgment. I want to read the lengthy portion of scripture. Daryl read part of this morning and we get uncomfortable when we have to read long portions of scripture, don't we? But Ephesians chapter 1. I hope I can see well enough down here in the light. I'm going to read from, chapter, from verse 3 of chapter 1 clear through chapter 2, chapter, verse 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption, through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set, before, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the full, fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him 
who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possessions I'm sorry, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what was the riches of his glories, glorious inheritance in his saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in the age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the, in the, in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in the kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace... You have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, were his work, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I read that whole passage because the reason God has lavished us with so much grace, and because he is lavish of every blessing, is because of his grace. Again, not that we are worthy of it, but he loved us because of his grace. We are helpless. We are helpless without God's grace. Do you really believe that? Do you think that grace is only needed to save you? Grace is needed for us as believers every day of our lives. 
I believe that God has made every provision for us to be victorious in every situation. But we aren't, are we? Paul says that we are to yield our members as bodies to righteousness, but we yield to unrighteousness, don't we? We give in to sin, don't we? And so God's grace is needed for us every day. God's grace didn't stop when he saved us. It continues and will continue until we get to heaven. It is by grace that we are saved, and it is by grace that we are are kept saved. It's not because we are strong enough in ourselves to maintain our salvation. It's only through God's grace and his power that we don't lose our salvation. I don't believe you can lose your salvation. It's only by God's grace and power that we sustain our faith. Like I said, we just barely scratched, don't even scratch the surface this morning. Uh, let's go to the word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for your grace. Lavished upon us when we were undeserving and continue to be lavished upon us even in our daily walk with you, knowing that we are weak in and of ourselves. We need your strength and your power. Ask now your blessing upon the rest of our day. May each one have a safe trip home and have a blessed week. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand and sing the chorus, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. <laughs>